Today we have finished our Thanksgiving holiday. That is behind us. And now we turn toward the celebration of Christmas. Now some uh, get an early jump on that. That's okay. But now as a whole, our eyes, our focus, our agendas, our schedules, our yards, our homes fill up with the things of Christmas. Uh, it is a busy, really all-consuming time of the year. One of the strange things we hear at this time of the year, and I've already heard it a couple of times uh, this year already, is people asking the question, have you got your Christmas done? People come up and they say, have you, have you got your Christmas done? Now, I've noticed something. People who say that are the weird people who do have their Christmas done. And honestly, watch them. It's kind of a brag. They come up and they're all excited and they say, have you got your Christmas done? They've been working all year. They started in July going to specials and they've got it done. Let me tell you honestly, do not ask me that question. We do not have last Christmas done. There is still a basketball goal that I can't figure out how to put together in our garage from last year. Well, understand, ready or not, it is here again. It is the Christmas season. And I want you to hear me, and I want you to be sure and hear this day. As we finish up November, as we walk out of Thanksgiving, I want you to hear me this morning. The best thing that we can do this year, the absolute best thing, and I believe you're here to hear this and it is good news. The best thing that we can do this year has nothing to do with activities, has nothing to do with gifts and meals and parties, all the effort we're going to put into that. It has nothing to do with trips that we'll make to grandmother's house. The best thing that we can do, listen to me, is to see Jesus. The best thing we can do, the most needed thing we can do is that this Christmas we would know Jesus. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you, that sounds cliche. That sounds like something a preacher should say, but I want to tell you, it is the truth today. If you do nothing else, be sure and see Jesus. Today, we're going to start a series, not of a hundred sermons, but of four sermons with the goal of just that. Our goal in the next four weeks is to truly deeply see and understand and know our Savior, Jesus. Now, the way we're going to do that is by looking at four of his names. We're going to look in detail at four of his names. Our series is entitled, the four-week series is entitled, The Name of Christmas. The Name of Christmas. Today, our message is entitled, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Today we're in Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Emmanuel. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 22, says this. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Dearly Father, we come today. We are thankful for this past week. We're thankful for an opportunity to, to pause and to thank you for the good things, for the gracious things, for, for the things you've bestowed upon us, the things you've empowered us to walk through, for the blessings that are all around us. Lord, we thank you. We truly thank you. Now we, we pray as we turn to this season. I pray that we would throw the brakes on, that we would slow down, that we would set aside the things that would stress us out, and that we would put our eyes, we would fix our eyes upon Jesus. Lord, help us to know you better in these weeks. Help us to see you more clearly in these weeks. And I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be just a thing to go through and to check off and to endure and to pay for the rest of the year, but it would be truly the time that we saw our Lord and our Savior and our King, Jesus. Lord, I pray in this hour now that you would speak. And I pray that it would be marvelous. I pray it would be supernatural. I pray we'd be encouraged in the hearing of your word, trained and taught. I pray if there's one listening, maybe here, maybe some other way that does not know you, I pray in the hearing of good news, Emmanuel, that today they would turn and they would trust you in faith. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, we worship you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> the incarnation of Jesus, his being fully, totally God, and his being fully, totally man is really one of the great marvels of our faith. Now, you think about that. It is, it's one of the great marvels of what we believe as followers of Christ. It's one of the great necessary truths of our gospel. Now, remember in the gospel of John, hopefully you haven't forgotten that yet, but remember in John, it says, and the word, now remember we saw the word was the message of good news, the revelation of God. It's talking about Jesus and the word, Jesus, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now, John was one of those that truly dwelt, literally dwelt with him. And he writes, and the word and Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. The word became flesh. The divine, eternal God became a man, fully man. And it is only in the word become flesh it is only in the incarnate Christ, it is only in Emmanuel that there is salvation. The Christ, our Savior, has to be Emmanuel in order for us to be saved. He has to be a man in order to redeem mankind. He has to be God in order to forgive sin, to give life, and to redeem eternity. And so understand, only in Emmanuel is that possible. Now, I want you to hear that again. Only in Emmanuel is that possible. Today, we're going to look at the idea, the truth of Emmanuel. That is a name given to him. That is the truth by which we're saved. That is what is required for us to have the forgiveness of our sin and so today we're going to look at this idea, this truth of Emmanuel. In our verses today, we're going to see a peculiar birth 
a promised birth and a providential birth. Those three things, let me say them again. In our two verses today, we're going to see a peculiar birth, a promised birth, and a providential birth. First, we're going to start off with a peculiar birth. All right, let's look at verse 22. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Verse 22 starts off, and it says, Now, all this took place. Now, here's what I want you to see. That is referring to the truths or the facts of the miraculous birth of Jesus. Be very sure today, the birth of our Savior was no normal event. It was no regular birth. It was a supernatural birth. Now, all this took place is referring to the angel announcing the birth to Joseph. That takes place here in the Gospel of Matthew. The angel announcing the birth to Mary, that's recorded in the Gospel of Luke, to the son born, a human son, born as the Savior, and the son born of a virgin, able to save because he is God. And so that's what it is talking about. Now, all of this took place. Now, understand today, the depth of that is astounding. The, the profoundness of that is amazing. That, that is huge. All of that, a virgin birth, a son is born, God in flesh, an announcement by angels. All of that is what it's referring to. That is huge. And yet, that is what John refers to when he says very simply in five words, and the word became flesh. All of that, that's what he's talking about when he says, and the word became flesh. Friends, understand, it is a peculiar birth, unique only to our Savior, Jesus. And that matters. See, we live in a day when some folks say, well, some of that, may, maybe it doesn't matter. Well, maybe some of that we can negotiate on. Well, maybe some of that we have the great truth. Maybe some of that we can set aside. Listen, it is a peculiar birth, unique only to our Savior Jesus, and it matters. And so we see this morning a peculiar birth. The second thing we see is a promised birth, a promised birth. Let me read verse 22 again. Now all this, remember all that, now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Verse 23 is a quote from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. It was written some 700 years, 700 years. Think about that, before the birth of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says this. 
Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and will bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. Again, that is Isaiah 7, 14. Now, I want you to see two things in this today, two things in this verse today. Now, there's more to see than that. I want to be sure to say that. There's more to see, but we're going to pull out these two things today. Now, the first thing to see is this, and it is the main thing to see in this verse, and that is this. The coming of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, the peculiar, unique birth in Bethlehem was not a new plan. It was not a redo of an old plan. It was not the correction of a failed plan. It was always, listen to me, the marvelous plan of our gracious God. Understand that. Sometimes we think, well, there was this old plan and it unforeseen to God failed or, 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 or somehow it didn't, I don't know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And so he hatched a new plan in the New Testament. No, understand today, before in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, God's plan was always salvation by faith in the Savior of Christmas Emmanuel, Jesus. Be very sure today, the incarnation of Christ Jesus was always the plan of God. It was a promised birth. It was a promised birth. Before creation, it was a promised birth. In Genesis chapter three, the seed of the woman that would crush the serpent's head, it is as a promised birth in Noah, floating on the water of God's judgment. The ark of their salvation pointed to the ark of our salvation. It was a promised birth. In Abraham, whose seed will be a blessing for all nations, in the unlikely birth of his son, there is the promised birth of God's son, the Christ. It was a promised birth. In Judah, the fourth son of Jacob. Now, let me just tell you, an unlikely son to me, we find in the line of Judah, one coming as the lion of Judah, it is a promised birth. In Rahab, we find a woman who, in bold faith, would hide the spies. But in doing so, she would be grafted into the family that one day would reveal the truth. It was a promised birth. In Ruth, we find a woman hopeless in life except for the kindness of her kin who graciously redeemed her. And again, in that act, it is pointing to our kinsman redeemer who graciously redeems us, not for a fee, but in his own blood. Listen, it is a promised birth. In David, we see the great king, the beloved king of Israel, whose lineage will provide an everlasting king in fact, the king of all kings. Are you getting the point this morning? It was a promised birth. Start to finish, first to last, eternity past to eternity future, recorded in Genesis to Revelation. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is the plan of God. He is the plan of God. He's not a correction to a failed plan. Jesus is the plan of God. 
It is a promised birth. Now, I told you there's two things to see here. The first is this is God's plan. Understand this is God's plan. And the second is this, and I don't want to miss this. I could pass over it, but I do not want to miss this. The second thing we want to see in that verse is this. God speaks through his word. Now, that sounds kind of redundant. Don't we say that a lot? We need to hammer that down today. We need to be sure of that. God speaks through his word. Notice Matthew quotes Isaiah saying, these were the words, not of Isaiah, but of God. Now, remember the verse 22, he says, to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now, don't miss that. That's what Matthew says. These things happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Now, what Matthew is saying here is this is the word of God. Our Bible, Scripture, this is the word of God. Peter says in 1 Peter, but know, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men, listen, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. Friends, I want you to be sure today one more time, this is the word of God. These are the words of God himself. And so if you want to know the hope of Christmas, if you want to know the truth of Jesus Christ, if you want to know the good news of his gospel, we go to the word of God. God speaks through his word. So we see first a peculiar birth. The second thing we see is a promised birth. The third thing, and I want you to notice this, it is marvelous. The third thing is this, it is a providential birth. It is a providential birth. Let's go down to verse 23 now. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I want to read both verses together. Now all of this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, again, we've seen verse 23 is a quotation of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Well, understand, in Isaiah chapter 7, Israel is consumed in wickedness. A wicked, evil king has led the people to turn against God, to rebel against God, by rebelling against his word. And that's what the evil king has done, and it's, it's impacted the nation, and they are found in a corrupt, corrupt time. Israel's found in an evil, wicked time. Well, into that, into the destruction of sin, into the evilness and the wickedness of sin, God sends his prophet Isaiah carrying the promise of a Messiah. Now, it's deep, but it had this, this, this revelation of Isaiah had a meaning in a specific context, but it also had the promise 
of a Messiah as the overall context. Now, what that means is this. Emmanuel, this is our hope. This is our hope. This is our salvation. And how you know it, how you know Emmanuel, how you know the gospel is true, how you know that we have a hope, how you know that it stands is this. A virgin shall be with child and will bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, let me explain this to you. Emmanuel translates in Hebrew, Matthew translates it for us, God with us. That's the literal translation. Emmanuel translates in Hebrew, God with us. In God's plan, a virgin woman will be with child. She will have a son, and the son will be called Emmanuel. Now, I want you to see this. Emmanuel is more than a name. It really is a title. It means, what it, what it means is the son will be a human born of flesh, but he will also be divine, fully God. And for that, he'll be called the son of God. Well, that title, Emmanuel, is the unique expression of this. God in flesh. God born of a woman, carrying flesh, wearing flesh, fully man, and at the same time, fully divine. Emmanuel is the unique expression of this. Emmanuel, according to John, is the Word incarnate. Jesus incarnate. God incarnate. Emmanuel is the unique description of God. Fully God, existing as man, God with us. Listen, that's how... John can say, we beheld his glory. That's why he can say he dwelt among us. Can you imagine that? He dwelt among us. That's why he can say that. In our study, these four weeks, we want to see our Savior revealed in these four names. That's what we want to happen. That's my prayer. In these four names, in these four titles, that we would have a better understanding of Jesus. Well, here's what I want you to see this morning. We're about done. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus is Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel. Now, I want you to listen. Jesus is Emmanuel. If he is not born of a woman, if he is not born of a virgin, not of a physical union, if he is not born as a son, if he is not fully God, if he is not fully man, if he is not Emmanuel, he is not the Christ. He is not our Savior. And because of that, we have no hope. Because of that, we have no future. If that is true, we are stuck in our sin. If that is true, we are cut off from God. We are perishing, destined to perish. The Bible says if that is true, as sinners, we are ruined. But praise the Lord, listen to me. God's word proves true, and Jesus is Emmanuel. Watch this. Jesus is born of a woman. Listen to me. Jesus is born of a virgin. Jesus is born of God. 
The Bible says, listen to this, for unto us a what? Son is given. I want you to understand he is a man able to save men. He is God, the giver of life. And because of that, listen, this Christmas, we have hope. We have a future this Christmas. We have the forgiveness of sin in Jesus. We have peace with God. And all of that is in one word. Jesus is Emmanuel. We have hope in him. Jesus is Emmanuel. Praise the Lord, able to save, willing to save. Jesus is Emmanuel. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. And I'm so thankful that you love us. I'm so thankful that you make a way for us. There's not many ways. There's not a multitude of ways. There's not two ways, but Lord, in your grace, there is a way. And I'm thankful for Jesus who humbles himself and takes on the flesh of a man, of men that he created. That comes, he lives a life, he doesn't sin, that he would save us. In the power of God, he's resurrected from the dead. In the power of God, he's able to give new life. In the power of God, he's able to forgive sins. Lord, I'm so thankful for Emmanuel. Lord, I pray as we end this day, as we, as we move out of this building, I pray that the truth of the good, gracious news of Emmanuel beats in our hearts. I pray as we head into this season, we wouldn't let it be, be, be drowned out in the materialism, all the goofy things that would eat up our time. But I pray, Lord, that we would walk around with banners that say, Emmanuel, we would hold up your name, your good news. Lord, I pray for some that are hearing today that haven't received you, that haven't found you, that haven't trusted you by faith. I pray that today, this very day, that they would turn to you and be saved in your grace, in your kindness, in your power. Lord, I pray for those of us here who are believers. I pray we've been encouraged today. I pray we've been renewed, reminded today. And I pray, Lord, that we'd be vocal and we'd be loud about our Savior, Emmanuel, Jesus, the hope of sinners. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your truth. We praise you for it. I pray now in this time of invitation that you would work, that you would move, that you would speak, that you would continue to do so. And I pray that the result would bring great glory to you. We love you. We thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close this time together with a time of response. And I want to tell you, no, no more fitting thing could there be, a time to respond to Emmanuel, Jesus. The Bible says in our sin we've earned a punishment. The good news of the gospel is Jesus comes as Emmanuel, the Savior from God, the Christ. He comes, he lives a life of no sin. He goes to the cross, he pays for your sin, your sorry sin, my sorry sin. He carries it there, takes our shame, bears it there. He settles it in the cross of Calvary. It's finished there. It's done there. Put him in a grave and three days later he comes out, he's alive. He has the receipt in his hand, it's paid, it's finished. He stands as the risen king, our hope, our peace with God. The Bible says if we'll receive him in faith, if we'll trust him as our savior for our salvation, you know what the Bible says, we'll be saved. No, no thing to do, nothing to check off, no, no church to join, no baptism to, to have to go through. We are, we are made right with God, saved by faith in Jesus. That's offered to you today. That's offered to you today. 
If you've never trusted Jesus, turn to him today. He'll save you today. Trust him today. He'll save you today. Just a few moments, we're going to have a time of invitation. If God is speaking to you, you come. Let's settle this. If you need more information, you come. Let's settle this today. The flip side of that is for those of us, many of us here that are believers. I pray, Lord, that, man, that we would just be excited about Emmanuel, hope in Jesus, God that came to dwell among us to save us. We will behold his glory. And may we spend this month coming into Christmas preaching, proclaiming, the good news of our Savior, Jesus. Again, we're going to have a time of invitation. If God has spoken to you, you come on. If you want more information, you come on. If you're looking for a church to join that'll preach the Bible and uphold his word, you want to be part of that mission, you come on. If you want to, if you want to uh, in obedience to Christ, be baptized to show what you believe of Christ, you come on as well. We'll set a day. It'll be a great day of testimony of celebration. Maybe you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. If God has spoken to you, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. You come on. I'll meet you here.